0: Hi there, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Malkal, and I'm here with my legendary co-hosts.
1: We're just jumping into it today.
0: What, was I supposed to do something different?
1: No fucking around for us today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We can fuck around if you
2: want.
1: And I think we're past that point. Ah.
2: <laughs> we're at the find out point of fucking
0: around. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's find out who we are. Oh, I forgot to mention that my pronouns are he and him.
1: Oh, that's important. My name is Cassidy. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a pencil just waiting to be used to put words to paper
0: wow a pencil huh not a quill
1: oh i guess that would have been better
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean pencils are cool yeah yeah pencils are great
1: i mean i love using pencils
0: dracula has all kinds of bizarre technology yeah witchcraft
1: yeah as we all know technology that's way beyond his time
0: like pencils,
1: yeah, ink that
2: can be erased. This is the work of Satan,
1: <laughs> as agents of God. God,
0: God. <laughs> you mock God, <laughs> God. <laughs> god this show is good
1: we've been missing that too much in season two but anyway who are you over there
2: (laughs) oh who am i
1: well uh i'm
2: jack olander my pronouns are any and all and uh uh, you know i'm a a vampire soldier
0: oh that's nice
2: that's right you know well not really but you know uh, my ambitions are low Now, see, I appreciate that. A lot of vampires, they want to struggle for power, but they're way more random vampires that are just soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. We're not all going to betray Dracula.
1: Seems like you're part of a nameless, faceless group. It's kind of like, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you all look pretty similar, like almost exactly alike
2: yeah i was actually kind of noticing that not a lot of identity amongst us but you know sometimes we leave space for other vampires to shine there's only so many lords available somebody
0: has to be the rank and file
2: yeah i mean dracula look he's he's tall he needs a lot of room to
0: shine true
1: everybody can't be a player character you know that's right
0: that that is like an offensive the npc thing is like a
1: well, I, I walk on a lot of landmines. True. And I just, it can't always be helped.
0: Vamp mines.
2: Uh, <laughs> and I'll oh, talk that hilarious. offensive term in our ancient library.
0: <laughs> oh, so it's got to go somewhere. Yes. Well, guys. Hey, <laughs> goof. That's me. Goofus. goofus. I'm a bit of a gallant. And also a bit of a goofus.
1: I think that describes all of us.
0: Probably. Goofus podcasts uh, <laughs> using Gallant Fox. <fucks. laughs> oh God, God, <laughs> God!
1: You just have to sound like you're trying to choke down a hot dog while you're saying it. I did just not swallowing mean that it whole. sexually. Uh,
0: sure you didn't. Just trying to choke down a werewolf wiener. <laughs> <laughs> well guys, we're back for another I was going to say attempt like as if we failed the first time. Another round of discussing Castlevania, one of our favoriteest TV shows. And today we're going to be talking about the second half of season 2. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all gathered here to do. That's what we watched in preparation of this.
1: I had to, like, keep reminding myself, to be honest, because, like, I knew what we were doing when we were watching it and why we were watching the second half, but it has been a couple days, and it's kind of, like, out of sight, out of mind.
0: For a second, you thought you could just watch and enjoy something and not have to analyze it into the ground?
1: Well... I just kept skipping ahead in time thinking we had already recorded and like trying to look for the audio clip to, <laughs> that I get at it.
0: <laughs> Where the fuck is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I kept having to remind myself that we hadn't done it yet. <laughs>
2: we can often repress traumatic memories. <laughs> True. And when I think of what happened to beautiful God brand. Yeah. It can be hard to remember Season two. The second part. I
1: was
0: going to say, that happened in the first part, so like you've kind of had to live with that for the last two weeks. But his funeral is in the second part. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is true. (laughs) So we should probably jump into a summary of the episode so that we can note important passages of life like that. Doesn't uh episode five kick off with Godbrand's funeral? Yes.
1: Uh yeah, but I didn't make a note of it. I wasn't even gonna talk about it.
0: Um but we are gonna brought-
2: We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> Literally the first thing I talked
1: about. <laughs> yeah, so it does start off with Godbrand's funeral, we'll so, say.
0: So episode five is called The Last Spell.
1: Okay. You can try to organize my summary if you dare.
0: I try to contain it and it's like it's like holding on to a squid covered in butter and oil.
1: Gross and hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay, cephalosexual, huh? Yeah. Or like trying to hold on to a
2: viking once he's made a boat. True. You can't do it. Can't, can't hold him it. back.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, so Isaac is having a funeral for Godbrand I mean, by flicking his ashes into the wind from a cloth he had them in. It's
0: Big Lebowski-esque. <laughs> yeah,
1: and just dumping his, like, medallion it, it, off the cliff.
0: <laughs>
1: for some reason, nobody
2: misses Godbrand. No one seems to even notice he's gone. <laughs>
1: Except for Carmilla, because she wants to manipulate him, but you know. True. So Carmilla is still scheming, manipulating, using her wiles. I mean, maybe less so this time. Now she's just intimidating people. It's a
0: one form of manipulation.
1: Now that she feels like she's gaining more and more control over the situation, she pre- pretends to like people less and less.
0: <laughs> she's going to start pretending she likes people a real lot less by the end of this season.
1: And poor Hector, he's so innocent, he does not see her betrayal coming, nor does he see how he's implicated in it until she points it out to him. (laughs) Now, remind me if I mentioned this
0: last time, that Hector is based on the character from Castlevania Curse of Darkness, in my opinion, one of the better games in an already outstanding series very unique game where you don't play as a Belmont. You don't even play as a vampire hunter necessarily. You play as Hector, the devil forge master. And in the course of the game, you get to name and create these innocent devils that are like monsters that fight for you. And it's awesome. And I know I talked about it last time, but the game is so goddamn good. Sweet. Do you want to mention it again? Uh, Maybe later, maybe oh, a little sweet. bit. Sweet.
1: You know, it might just, Fit in there.
0: Oh, you also get to, like, craft your own weapons in this game. It's so cool. And then when I was playing it, I was trying to get every single one of them and, like, craft every weapon. But to craft the scythe, I think, you have to, like, basically do a perfect dodge against death, and it it just is so hard to do. I tried it for, like, an hour and a half, and I couldn't pull it off, and I was so bummed. Well, that sounds sick.
2: Yeah. I'd really like to hear about that.
0: Okay, I can tell you about it. Oh, wait, sweet. Wait,
1: wait. We might get too sidetracked.
0: Okay, that's fair. Uh, um, Anyway, play Castlevania games. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. I probably never will. I I watch you play, though.
0: That's all that really matters.
1: But, um, yeah, so in this second part of season two, we really see Dracula growing very (laughs) weary of the war. And, I mean, he's not really planning it but just being the head of the war effort he's just very bothered by it
0: not going to lie
2: i totally get it he wants it to get done and he wishes people would stop asking him about it
1: yeah um
2: very relatable
1: he's tired of all the conflict and dissent amongst his generals and so isaac kind of points out to him that there's no real harm in them going to Braland, taking it over, and it'll shut everyone up. So
0: he, <laughs> Fuck it, it'll calm the kids down.
1: He agrees to do it, and uh, they seem to be walking right into Carmilla's plan, because that's when she reveals to Hector that she's the one in control now. And he can't go tell Dracula about it, or Dracula will know that he betrayed him. And I really felt confused about that, to be honest.
0: Some of the story beats are a little contrived, I'll admit.
1: I was wondering, like, if he just admitted to being ignorant and innocent and just thought going to Brayla was a good idea, why would that be a bad thing? Why would Dracula be mad at him? I was very confused. But he seemed to think it was correct, and so he just didn't say shit.
0: And Isaac goes along with it, too, so.
1: Isaac isn't
0: very good at,
2: coming to conclusions on his own isaac or hector hector isaac is yeah hector you feed him an idea and he just takes
0: to it yeah hector's yeah. a um a feel and react kind of guy you tell him
2: he betrayed dracula he's like oh fuck me <laughs> why did i do that
1: honestly it was innocent enough he probably could have gone to Dracula told him what was going on and just been like I'm sorry I didn't know I mean especially
0: in the mood Draxon, he'd be like whatever
1: Dracula called him a child I think Dracula would understand that not to his face not to his face (laughs) but I think that he would understand that Hector didn't mean to do anything that's
0: fair shit's gonna go real bad for Hector in the future anyway (laughs) whoops that's
1: not the timeline we got though the timeline we got is Dracula taking the castle to Brela, and then Carmilla taking over by having her troops siege the castle and uh, having the uh, resurrected bishop turn the river into holy water.
0: And that happens in episode six the river.
1: You can keep trying, and I'll keep trying to evade <laughs> your silly structure. Now, see, that's the, the river blessing thing is
0: another one that, like, kind of the continuity feels weird, because they're going out with their zombie priest to bless the river, but I feel like all the vampires can see them doing it, and they just, like, decide to keep going anyways...
1: There was a little bit of mist in the way they had. That's some fair. cover.
0: I mean, yeah. now, granted, in a, you know, especially like a side scrolling video game, like most Castlevanias are, you only have very limited vision to what's on your screen. Right. So maybe it's something like that.
2: It happened off
0: camera. Yeah.
1: Like in silent film. Yeah. Um. This is
0: the Buster Keaton joint. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, they kill a bunch of vampires by collapsing a bridge while they're over the river. And then they- Should have built a boat. Lay siege to the castle. There are still some generals and troops that are loyal to Dracula, so there's like a fight in the main hall.
0: Now, see, if Godbrand had still been around, he would have demanded that they cross the river on boats, and they would have been fine. Yeah. It's, that's why he had to die.
1: Exactly. And I mean, not to mention the incredible loss of human life oh, off yeah, whatever. screen when the castle just plops in the middle of the city. Yeah. It's kind of just symbolized by a broom splintering into pieces.
2: You can assume that every action that happens causes hundreds of deaths. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do
0: assume that. Yes.
1: So while that's going on, we're kind of seeing the heroes continuing to explore the Belmont Library and each other. Um, <laughs> take from that what you will. No, I will. Um, I take. <laughs> and Sypha found a locking spell that could keep uh, Draculite In my notes, I wrote Ds. D's castle in place.
0: Vampire D? <laughs> D's nuts.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Jack. That's also what I was Jesus,
2: thinking. Jesus, I almost exploded
0: holding that in. <laughs> I, I keep calling him Drac.
1: <laughs> so, um...
0: He does live at the Gothic castle.
1: Yeah. Alucard gets that magic mirror working uh that he was looking at in the last half. And... uh They see that Dee's castle's under attack.
0: (laughs) God damn it.
1: And Dee's castles.
0: It's so it's
2: so sad Lisa died of Ligma. (laughs) 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 That's why Dracula wants to kill humanity.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you gonna finish that joke for audience who are not familiar with it? Who the hell is Lisa?
1: (laughs) <laughs> actually that's what was going on in my head for real for a second hell yeah I remembered. <laughs>
2: ligma
0: balls <laughs> thank you
1: Um,
0: we're very sophisticated
1: so uh, and so Saifa's like uh, they see the castle's under attack and she's all you know there's like this mechanism in there I can just manipulate it to force the castle to come to us and, uh, Alucard kind of looks shocked and, like, won't even look at her. He's kind of freaked out by how she's nonchalantly just talking about how powerful she is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little alarming. Like, but, oh, you're just going to murder my family, huh?
1: Um, she forces D's <laughs> D20 to, uh, roll a critical fail and, uh, brings the castle right above the old, Belmont Manor, like, above where they are in the hole,
0: Right where we want them. Yeah. You know, with
2: a
1: few hiccups. Oh, yeah. It was so unholy, because the castle kind of had a mind of its own, and the machine was fighting back against her, and so she kept trying to bring it to them, and it would flash out of existence, and then go back to Brayla and into a new spot, and then kept leaving and coming back, (laughs) and then, like, scraping through the city, just causing massive devastation, almost creating, like, a black hole. But She created, like, a typhoon on the river. Yeah,
0: but fuck them.
1: And because it was holy water, when it splashed water everywhere, it was like a tidal wave that killed a bunch of the vampires.
0: So, Saifa was killing two birds with one stone.
2: (laughs) It was almost as devastating as anything the U.S. does ever. (laughs) Yeah.
0: <laughs> Almost. <Yeah. laughs> also, meanwhile, Trevor is kicking some monster ass in the shaft of the Belmont estate.
1: Mm-hmm. You can take that as you will. Um, I will. He's fighting and killing monsters. shaft, though. In a shaft. Mm-hmm. Yes. Once the castle-
0: He's not fighting the dark priest shaft, who, of course, is the one who causes Dracula's resurrection in the Symphony of the Night video game. Wow. And what happens in that video? No, I'm no,
1: no, asked. no, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> now, of
0: course, we all know no. that Symphony of the Night is the sequel to Rondo of Blood. Of course.
1: Anyway, <laughs> introducing
0: so- Richter Belmont, who will be the star of the next Netflix Castlevania animated series, which I'm really looking forward
1: to. Okay, you made it relevant. I'll give you that. It's one. been relevant the whole time.
0: <laughs> like Leon Belmont. Who we saw pictures of, a picture of in the Belmont Shaft. That's right. And Leon is, of course, from Curse of Innocence. I would say an underrated 3D Castlevania game. Curse of Darkness is also 3D. Nice. Those are the two on PlayStation Jack Two. Is
1: doing this just to fuck with me.
0: <laughs> now, see the PlayStation era of and PlayStation Two era of Castlevania games was pretty good. You know, I mean, very good because yeah. of the Night is PlayStation 1.
2: We could have an entire patron episode of just your <laughs> review of the Castlevania game. I'm down. We can make this happen. Okay. Did uh, you just bring up Patreon? What the? F- yeah.
0: <laughs> so, are we moving into episode 7 for love?
1: What I don't remember.
0: When. Trevor, Sypha, and Alucard show up in Drax Castle.
1: Yeah, exactly. The Drassel. They they show up. The amazing Castlevania music starts up.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, they kick so much ass. It's almost too easy.
0: (laughs) Nah, it's just right. Because they got a big fight coming up.
1: Yeah, it's true.
2: Yeah, it's badass. They're fighting to the wonderful song Bloody Tears from Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest.
0: No, Simon's Quest. Now, I'm glad you brought that no. up. Now, that was one of the first Castlevania no, games no. I played, of course. Stop it. <laughs> I think I played it before I played Castlevania, actually. <laughs>
2: great game. Great music.
1: Um, But eventually, they fight their way to Dracula himself, the now, big D.
0: Now, we're not going to gloss over the fact that Cypher <laughs> creates a blade of ice that a vampire tries to run across and then just uses it to slice him in half we're not cross we're taint not first yeah take first thank you also we're not glossing over that there's no. a
2: vampire with the cool ability to turn into mist which is a big mistake <laughs> yes oh next to someone who can create ice yeah <laughs> yeah
1: who's an elementalist yeah she just turns her To like snowy ice, and then she shatters into a million pieces,
0: and then she was gone. (laughs) Hell of a way to
1: go. (laughs) She thought she was being all clever about to get (laughs) take out Alucard, and then she's just destroyed. (laughs) Oh, oh! Alucard also
0: uses his wolf transformation in this scene from the iconic game Symphony of the Night, which I've mentioned a few times up to this point. Transforming into a wolf is always
1: fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'd have, love yeah. to hear more about that. Oh, good. <laughs> he can also transform into a bat or mist, which we were just talking about another vampire transforming but into a But that mist. would be a bad move. A bat move? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, the wolf was pretty cool.
0: Now, in Simmer of the Night... Alucard also has the familiar sword that he has in the show that flies around and fights for. The Ancestral Blade. It
1: was pretty cool. At one point, as a wolf, he used the sword in his mouth.
0: Yeah, some Dark Souls right there. Yeah.
1: It was great. Uh, So, like I said, eventually they just cut a swath through all the vampires like they were butter. And they get to the Big D himself. Oof. Uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is not an easy fight.
1: No. Whereas before all of their powers combined meant nobody was a true challenge to them, their abilities combined seem to have no effect on Dracula. Um so yeah, Dracula summons hellfire against them at one point.
0: Classic move.
1: Uh they are able to push it back against him. But all by working together, Alucard, Sypha, and Trevor. But uh, Trevor's mainly just, like, holding Sypha up.
0: (laughs) He's got his uses. I mean, one of the best parts of this fight is when Trevor starts punching Dracula. Dracula just totally no-sells it and is just like, you must be the Belmont. He doesn't even
2: have to blink when Trevor's fists are in his face. Yeah.
1: (laughs) He doesn't flinch or anything. Like... It's like a light breeze is passing him by. Well, uh, eventually it's kind of Alucard and Dracula fighting each other. Oh
0: God. That is a, it is a real invincible fight.
1: It's less yes. fun at this point and more just brutal.
0: Yeah, it was like, why would the fun music stop? I thought this fight was so fun.
1: And it- Dracula
0: just kicks his kid's ass through the fucking castle. And
1: actually having no music at that point makes it feel really poignant how terrible that is.
0: Shit, this fight is actually a lot like the fight in Invincible. It is. Lots of parallels. Yeah. Even the ending.
1: Eventually, yeah. they fight their way to Alucard's old room. And once Dracula realizes where they are, he comes unraveled and the fight goes out of him. And he starts talking to Lisa and saying, oh my God, I'm killing our boy.
0: This part gives me chills. I know.
1: And he's calling out to Alucard, calling him son, and Alucard's calling him father. And it seems like Dracula is backing down and like he might be able to be reasoned with, but he also says like, I'm killing the one thing that we made together. I must already be dead.
0: Yeah, it's really fucking sad. I know.
1: And you could almost imagine that Alucard could start reasoning with him at this point, but he still kills him anyway. And I feel like that's incredibly tragic.
0: I mean, I think that we're at the point now where Dracula is just too far gone.
2: At least Alucard believes it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So He uses, like, the bedpost from his, like, childhood bed to stake
1: his father. Yeah. And uh, Trevor comes in and helps decapitate him and Scythe <laughs> sets him on fire. It um is kind of brutal.
0: The real uh, Rasputin moment.
1: Following after this, like, h- heartfelt and tragic moment. And like all
2: God's good creatures, thousands of demonic spirits fly out of the corpse.
0: Yep, yep yeah. that's how it works. I'm assuming that's everybody he's ever, like, drained. Maybe.
1: To wrap things up, Alucard decides to stay behind and look after the castle and the Belmont Hold. Sypha and Trevor decide to travel around together trying to right some wrongs and fight monsters.
0: Now, most of these loose ends get tied up in episode eight, End Times.
1: And also the loose end of Carmilla and Hector. Carmilla beats the shit out of Hector and says, "You're gonna be my forge master slave. you won a prize yike, <laughs> It's being my plaything, and she is like an insane cat in the way that shes description him. Him. and uh, he's got a horrible fate to look forward to, and that is our, our the merry end." Of our season
2: two. It is incredibly ironic you described Carmilla beating him up as a cat because Hector says that the way cats play with food is not cruel earlier in the season, and she is doing it from a very cruel place.
1: Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Well,
0: I don't think she's planning on eating Hector, although I see the comparison of human and food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right on, right on. I'm going to speak like a normal person now and not a robot. Why don't we head into the Delve? Welcome to the Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scenes, and lore of castlevania season two we're gonna call it part two yeah arbitrarily
1: now i have some questions for you guys and that's mostly what i came away from part two of season two with
0: sure so the first castlevania is of course called castlevania the second castlevania two is simon's quest should I go on Castlevania Three, of course, as we all know, is Dracula's curse,
2: uh-huh, which this show is partially
0: based which on this show is partially based on then they jump to the Super Nintendo. I'm skipping the Game Boy games here for time's sake, Super Nintendo, as I'm sure you can guess, although some people call it Castlevania Four, colloquially known as Super Castlevania,
1: you know this is really I think you should keep going. this is great content here, James, <laughs> I
0: agree it should probably
2: continue on our patreon
1: (laughs) it listens just like the bible reads
0: (laughs) the begats yes which you can hear on our patreon (laughs) we're we're gonna read the bible on patreon jeezy louise (laughs) so let's hear your questions
1: oh okay well one thing i wanted to start with was why do i feel so bad for dracula
0: that's a really good question. Yeah. Probably because he's perfect. True. <laughs> That's a big part of it.
1: You know, it, like I was saying, in the end, it really seemed like he was coming around. I felt like there was more bonding and grieving that he and Alucard could have done together.
0: Yeah. It, this really, I mean, I think that the point is alucard had already tried to make that connection right he had tried to reach out and say to his father we're all that's left of mom we should be grieving together we should be growing together and learning from this and dracula was not hearing it yeah
2: dracula was in full revenge mode and uh
0: full face in the fire mode
2: alucard immediately recognized that's not a good way to honor his mom and tried to stop him dracula just you know he was only revenge incarnate at that point yep and so alucard he only saw as an outlet for that yeah something in his way to be dealt with
0: oh boy (laughs) somebody should do something about that alucard kid and he did (laughs)
1: <laughs> but you know, there was a character who is like you, Jack, and thought of Dracula as a pure being.
2: Yes, exactly. And his words I'm echoing Isaac. Freaking awesome. We already talked about him last episode, but yeah. he continues to shine. Yes. He dispatches with Godbrand, of Godbrand and he you know he He dispatches Godbrand. he takes out the trash (laughs) dumps him off the balcony doesn't even bring it up to dracula he's like oh if there were problems in the court i wouldn't you know i would just deal with it you wouldn't even hear about it he says and he doesn't tell dracula he killed godbrand he's like it doesn't matter
1: and dracula doesn't even respond to that he's like cool (laughs) Yeah, it's true,
2: because Dracula doesn't care about the plan as long as people are dying. Yeah. And he even doesn't really care about that. A lot of the fight is taken out of him, it seems like.
1: Yeah, it's true. But Isaac is the one who's, like, truly loyal to him in the end.
2: It's true. Yeah. He talks with Hector. Hector tries to convince him, like, oh, we should go to Brayla. Because it's just a more effective method for the war. And Isaac can hear Carmilla's words through Hector. He's like, you know, we're supposed to be loyal to Dracula. And Hector shoots back like, isn't carrying out Dracula's plan being loyal to Dracula? This is just the smartest way to do it. Isaac sort of begrudgingly accepts that, but he knows Hector didn't come up with this idea on his own.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Isaac's good at reading Hector. Poor, sweet, simple Hector.
1: And he does, he not so suddenly hints to Hector that he's being manipulated. Yeah. But Hector kind of just brushes it off nonchalantly.
2: Yeah, it's true. Hector, like we said, is easy to trick. Yeah. Yeah. He was tricked by Dracula and now he's tricked by Carmilla.
1: And uh, Oh yeah, Dracula before said his innocence makes him easy to lie to.
2: <laughs> he's a child in a grown man's body, still that little kid trying to bring home a puppy.
0: Yeah. That's why it's so sad. I I, I really like Hector, not just because he's the star of one of my favorite Castlevania video games, like in this series he's really likable, but he just has really poor judgment and it puts him into bad situations like believing Carmilla.
1: Yeah.
2: Wait, you're telling me Hector is the main character in a video game? He is.
0: It's called <laughs> Castlevania Curse of Darkness for the PlayStation 2. Wow, incredible. <laughs> but yeah, I think is the villain of, or is one of the villains of it, but is a very different character than this beloved philosopher that we have here. That's right.
2: This philosopher after hearing Hector speaking the voice of Carmilla. Yeah. He, we already mentioned he reported to Dracula and was like, "Hey, we should go to Brela, probably because even if your generals are united under someone who's trying to undermine you, at least they're united." Yeah. Isaac makes a good point. And we'll do the plan that you want them to do. <laughs> and so Dracula's like, "Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Just do it." <laughs> right?
0: Isaac errs on the side of the best way to placate your generals is to just let them do whatever the fuck they want. You, Your plans are I mean, we already know Isaac believes wholeheartedly in whatever Dracula's vision is. He's like, the best way for you to get what you want? Just let these guys go crazy. Yeah.
2: And so Dracula agrees to that and Carmilla comes in the room then. And it's like, my lord Dracula, right? And he's Dracula just as like, yeah, we all know who we are, all right? Let's just hop (laughs) to the point.
1: (laughs) That's good. He's grown very tired of her posturing.
2: It's true. He's not excited by court intrigue the way he used to be. We get a shot of Dracula when he was younger. We get a scene of him just, like, reveling in the slaughter of a village. Yeah. And using the blood of corpses to, like, write out...
1: Yeah.
0: Words and stuff.
1: Yeah, they yeah. they slighted him a little bit. <laughs> a
0: little bit. It was a minor faux pas that led to a major slaughter.
2: And he did something about them. Yeah. And um <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: and uh, this Dracula is completely defeated. We see when Carmilla finally betrays him at Brela. Her forces are storming the castle. Dracula is fighting alongside his soldiers. Show me a leader who will do that these days. Uh, Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> uh, obviously, because he gets resurrected every game. True. And uh, except when he,
1: well, we don't <laughs> have
2: to get into that. Well,
0: so in some of the games, he plays Soma Cruz, who is actually a reborn protagonist version of Dracula.
1: Oh, Love well that. That is interesting. Spoilers.
2: Can't wait for the TV series.
0: Oh man, it would be oh, so that good! Would be very oh, cool. and he like absorbs the powers of monsters he kills. It's really cool. Actually,
1: cool. We, that could be something we'd be getting because we know what happens at the end of this series.
0: That's <laughs> right. Also, it jumps into the future, so uh, the Selma games take place in like around the crazy future time of, I'm going to say, like, 2020 or something.
1: Oh, right. Yeah.
2: Great. I love that year because it just, I'm sure it's going to be so peaceful. Nothing's going to happen <laughs> yeah. in 2020.
0: I don't remember if that's the exact date. Also, Alucard is there disguised as a man named, uh, Ginra Arikado, I think, and he's, like, Alucard in a suit. Great. <laughs> that also means there is a non-zero chance that Alucard
2: in 2020 or a few months before, anyway, went to see critically acclaimed film in theaters, Cats 2019. He very well could have.
1: In fact, we know he did.
2: We know it. There's no
1: <laughs> chance he didn't.
2: Yeah, that's right. But snap back to reality back then <laughs> in this TV show we're talking about. Right, right. When Carmilla is betraying Dracula. Carmilla's forces are in Dracula's castle fighting Dracula's troops. That's right. When the castle appears on top an of an insurrection the, an insurrection the main trio starts fighting the vampires Dracula's already back upstairs right. trying to deal with the damage of everything being teleported suddenly against his will Isaac sees the main trio slaughtering the vampires and goes upstairs and warns Dracula hey your kid is here a magician is here a belmont a fucking belmont here, Belmont's here yeah. right and uh, Dracula's like, oh, that's not good. You'd better get out of here, right? And Isaac is like, what? No, I, I'm i in this. I'm going to die for you. Yep. I, I Ride chose, or die. I chose to live for you, and I get to choose how I die, and I also want it to be for you.
1: And Dracula's like, you would sacrifice your mortal life to save my immortal one?
2: Yeah, which like, is that's awesome. dumb, bro.
1: He's like, Isaac, I think you're the best of your species. He says, he yeah. says
2: you may even have a soul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. Or no, he says, you have a soul, I think. Yeah.
1: And Isaac was like, you are the purest being I know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you represent the knowledge of centuries. Well,
0: it's interesting because Alucard states a similar opinion after he helps kill his father. He's like, we've lost, like, decades, millennia of scientific advancements. Like, the human race is poorer for Dracula's death. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Which is such a cool thing to think about. I know. And, uh. Dra- uh, Isaac is like, I chose how I lived, which was for you. I get to choose how I die, and I also want it to be for you. And Dracula says, well, then the one thing I regret is making a choice for you. And he throws him through the mirror yeah. into the desert. His and- favorite
1: place. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. He loves sand.
2: <laughs> and he cuts him off, saving his life.
1: He looks, Isaac looks so devastated. I felt bad for him in that moment. Yeah.
0: Isaac needed something to give his life to, to feel like his life had meaning. Like, he's a very devout, focused person.
1: Yeah, I know. The only time he feels like he's worth anything is when he's sacrificing his life and livelihood in for a cause or for a person. Yeah.
2: He's someone with deep devotions and who has really been hurt by love, but he really wants... He's really driven by love. Yeah. And he loves Dracula.
1: It's true. I was wondering if he was in love with Dracula. Maybe. Seriously. I I was trying to figure that out.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely a way to interpret it. Yeah. But he sees Dracula as such an ascendant being. Right. I don't know if he would ever mention that or or be able to understand those feelings in that context.
0: Yeah, and he, he would never feel like he was worthy of it. Yeah. yeah,
1: he never brings it up or anything, but the level of his devotion just made me wonder. Yeah. I think part of him is in love with Dracula.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a queer reading to Isaac. Oh,
0: yeah. no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's overt, right? Is it? I think so. He said he loved that one
2: priest, but i There was nothing to indicate that was romantic or sexual.
1: Hmm. You could definitely read it that way. I might be
0: remembering future seasons. What happens in future seasons? I think it implies a queer subplot with Isaac. I think
1: it does, yeah. Well, that's
0: cool. Yeah. So,
2: I definitely see it with Dracula. But, uh, yeah, the way this season ends is with Isaac killing slavers in the desert who are threatening to kidnap him, right? And turning them into night creatures.
1: They never stood a fucking chance. No.
2: Isaac is such a murder machine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He makes an army, and he just sets about moving on.
0: He's gotta go find a new purpose.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and he was like, I would like my own army actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, you know, Mm -hmm. at first he feels like Dracula stole something from him. I think now he's kind of seeing like oh, actually, in my own way, I can carry on Dracula's legacy. It's true.
1: Yeah, and he can find a purpose, like you said, Jack, but also find that worth within himself without having to put that on an external source. And And isn't that what we're all striving for? Kind Mm -hmm. of. And Dracula, he did take away that
2: choice from him, but he's also the one person in Isaac's life who's really cared about what happens to Isaac.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's complicated, right? Because while Isaac deserves autonomy, in a lot of ways, he was just going to throw his life away. And Dracula gives him a a kind of a new lease on life. I'm
1: just snickering over here because if I were going to rewrite this scene where the mirror portal is closing and Isaac's reaching out for Dracula and you see Dracula's face like slowly recede behind the portal it would have been amazing if he had put his hands into a little heart sign as he was fading away
2: please don't be mad at
0: me yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess that's more of a what we do in the shadows gag yeah. <laughs>
0: incredible so I want to jump back to Cass's question about why we feel sorry for Dracula yeah, I was thinking that and part of it is because God is he not an amazingly written villain Because we get the opening of season one is through Dracula's perspective. This is where this show really excels, because we get a view into Dracula's life that we don't get from the games. You get a little snippet of them, usually. You get his personality. You get the fact that he strikes fear in everybody's heart. But, you know, at the end of Symphony of the Night, we get this moment where... You've defeated him as Alucard and he and Alucard have this conversation about what Lisa would have wanted, which I believe I talked about a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this. Here we get this exploration of it from the beginning of their love affair. Yeah. And seeing, you know, you don't just get it at the end of the game where it's like, oh, okay, Dracula's a sympathetic villain, and I fucking love it, and it's an outstanding game and my favorite game of all time, but you know, just getting at the end, you kind of have to fill in the blanks. This show does a really nice job of exploring it. We see that he really does care about Lisa. He lets this, you know, human into his life and is kind of just bemused by her to begin with, and then grows to love her so much that he like basically spends a summer abroad, right, to like go find himself. And It's like he's going out and having this whole other personality than what we expect from the villain of this video game who has been resurrected and terrorized the countryside so many times. We see this moment like where he is seeing Lisa's burned laboratory and crying bloody tears and the old woman comes and is like showing this sympathy for the loss of Lisa and Dracula like has that last moment of mercy where he's like i'm gonna let you get your family and get the fuck out of here because i am going to destroy this world for what they've done to my wife
2: it's true you can you really understand why dracula is doing it and it's really hard to like fault him obviously it's not right to kill everyone but
0: like, oh, it, oh yeah, it's hard to
2: just write off that he is not justified in feeling so angry about it.
1: We also, in season two, get to know him through the people that love him, and yeah. that helps you to have sympathy for him and humanizes him, like through Alucard and Isaac, Definitely. And, and Hector too, but more Isaac and Alucard. Alucard is grieving the loss of his mother and his relationship to his father yeah and he's the grief is compounded because he feels the loss of not being able to grieve with his father
0: yeah Yeah. and you get that and you feel it yeah and the show captures it really nicely and i think it's significant that alucard strikes kind of the well, I guess, like we said, the all three of the heroes kind of have their part in it, but Alucard stakes him. He like sets it up. Oh, it's so brutal! It's such an intimate moment. Exactly. Like Trevor comes in and he's like using the vampire, or sorry, the Morning Star, and Sif is using magic, but Alucard is like they're in an embrace almost. It's like a a father and son hugging for the last time.
1: I know, and he. Looks so sad. They both look so sad. And Alucard almost looks like he is going to hug him, but then he stakes him as he moves closer. And not only does he stake him, but he pushes it farther in. Oh, it's brutal. They really linger on this scene. And he's. Dracula is embracing Alucard as he's killing him.
0: Yeah. He's accepting his fate.
1: Yeah. He doesn't fight back.
0: He seems to know what's going to happen. He's not resisting. Yeah. Yes. It's true. In the final fight,
2: Dracula is, his eyes are red. Yes. From, like, blood rage. Yeah, I
1: was thinking of his blood lust, yeah.
2: Yeah. And he starts out the fight not really taking it seriously. He grabs Alucard's sword with two and a half yeah. fingers. <laughs>
0: Just like pushes him back. He let, he, You know,
2: Trevor punches him in the face and he just smirks and is like, you must be the Belmont, yeah. right? Yeah. He's
0: having fun with it. We kind of get the impression that if Dracula wanted to fight them, he could just destroy all three of the heroes.
2: Exactly. And he only starts taking it seriously when he gets hit in the chest with the Morning Star. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, the Morning Star mace? Fuck you. I mean, it's a yeah. weapon designed to
0: kill him. Yeah.
1: And it it does seem to stagger him a bit, and he has to, like, breathe a little bit heavier, but, like, it doesn't even destroy his clothes or anything. And, um, it was making people explode before. Yeah. Or, you know, unholy beings explode. And, uh, or infernal, I guess I should say. Creatures of the night. Yes. But, uh, yeah, Dracula's, like, a little winded. Yeah. But he. It's more like an insult.
0: He's I really think. upset by it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it hurt I him. I mean, he's fought Trevor's ancestors up to this point, we presume. Yes.
1: Before he was like, oh, you insolent little whelp. And then he's like, okay, you're really pissing me yeah. off now. <laughs>
0: How about
2: this? And then he shoots the big la- ball of lava. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. The hellfire. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and they reverse it. and But after the Morningstar Whip, he starts taking the fight seriously. And uh, after they reverse the Hellfire, that's when Alucard goes in on him, and it just becomes a fight between those two. Yeah. At that point, he only has Alucard to focus on, and the fight becomes a lot more uneven, as it's just Dracula versus Alucard. Dracula is heavily favored. He is enjoying winning the fight against his son. He's laughing, He's just like reveling and like, yeah, I'm fucking my son up.
1: (laughs) Alucard's trying his hardest. And at one point, Dracula just reaches his hand out and grabs Alucard's head as he's trying some maneuver.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Alucard is using an ability. It seems like Dracula does not have the teleport right behind you. Nothing personal, kid.
0: I mean, Dracula can teleport in the games, but.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it doesn't seem like he uses it in the show. And so Alucard is using that. Dracula is just having a great time winning this fight. (laughs) It isn't until he gets in the room that he notices what's happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He makes the connection.
2: Yeah. Because, and that's when his eyes go from red back to their normal color.
1: And you see all of Alucard's childhood things around them. And you get the sense of their life they had together. Yeah. And... He's looking around and just kind of being horrified at what he's been doing.
2: There's a painted family portrait of Draculisa and Alucard yes. as a young boy.
1: Yeah.
2: And he's looking at all the toys he said that they handmade for yeah. Alucard.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: and it's, so it's just.
1: I know.
2: It, it, he was so stricken with grief. He nearly killed Alucard that one time. And then he was just reveling in killing him right now. And then it was only when they go in the room that he's able to see what's happening.
1: And he remembers that he loves his son.
2: He was so blind to everything because he was only focusing on his hurt and loss. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When he remembers the love, that's when he gives up.
0: Yes. Hurt vampires hurt vampires. Yeah. Or dampers and humans. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And
2: after the fight. There's the idea uh, Alucard is talking to Trevor and Cypher and is saying like, now this house is just a tomb, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's just a big gravestone to what the world has lost because Dracula is dead. And Trevor is like, Ooh, you shouldn't look at it like that. Trevor is kind of an eternal optimist now. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, all that knowledge that your father had, well, a ton of it is still in this castle. And the whole Belmont hold is right underneath it. Yeah. You can have my childhood home and yours. Just take care of them.
1: You'll be their steward, basically, and their protector.
0: Which is an interesting dichotomy because it does kind of give Alucard the out he seems to want to just kind of be on his own. But Alucard doesn't do super well on his own. That's the problem. That is this kind of paradox of his desire to isolate and his need to be around people. Yeah.
1: He feels an obligation to protect all that knowledge so that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Uh, But he also sees that as like a life sentence.
0: Yeah. Uh, In some ways, he is throwing himself into the same isolation that caused his father... To spiral so hard.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a parallel there. But he is given a little bit of hope with the way Trevor spins it for him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He wants isolation because he feels isolated.
0: Yeah. I mean, he is very unique. Yeah.
1: He's still grieving and he's depressed that his only friends are going to be going away.
2: (laughs) It's true. But now he uh, Trevor effectively suggested a purpose for Alucard. Yeah. And he's happy to have it, but he doesn't have community now that they're leaving. And it's what he really needs, because the most healing he's done since his mother's passing a year has been with Trevor and Sypha. Yeah. Yeah. And when they leave and it's just carte in the castle, he sees a memory of his dad walking down the stairs. Yeah. Or like a oh, phantom yeah. of his dad, Dracula, walking down the stairs he looks at him and what expression does he make? It's kinda
0: hard to read.
1: It's enigmatic. It's sure. pensive. Yeah, it did seem pensive. I was kind of jokingly describing it as Dracula's not mad, he's just disappointed.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe there's remorse in there or like regret. Yeah. Something like that. It seems like thing he wishes things could have gone differently. Yeah.
1: So the castle is haunted by the family that was broken.
0: Yes. Which makes sense because it's literally a castle full of ghosts and monsters. Yes, exactly.
2: And it's not the last memory we see. When Alucard goes into his father's study. Yes. He sits in the chair. We've seen Dracula in the whole series so far. In his father's chair.
1: It's interesting. Instead of facing away from the door like Dracula always did and looking at the fireplace... Alucard pointedly turns the chair around and faces the doorway. As
0: if he's waiting for somebody to show up. He sees a memory
2: of his mom chasing him around as a little boy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And they both were playful. They looked happy. And he was sitting, presumably, where his father had been sitting during that memory. And he sees his mother, Lisa look after him adoringly, and then look at where his father had probably been sitting with love right, uh, and adoration on her face, and he breaks down in that moment.
2: <laughs> and I do, too. Yeah. yeah it's a very sad yeah. arc for Alucard.
0: So to wrap up here, I kind of want to try something new and see if we can just kind of overtly state the theme or the thesis of this season.
2: Okay. Go for it.
0: All right. Let's see if I can do this. So our overarching, I think, topic or subject here is grief and loss and how we cope with it. Right. Right. And there's different ways that people deal with loss and trauma. And I think that, you know, because the theme has to include a bit more detail than just like, oh, it's about loss. That's more of a motif, something that repeats throughout the story. A theme is kind of what the motifs lead up to and what kind of the story makes us realize about the human condition or about a topic. I would say that what the show is really saying, you know, amongst other things like, you know, fighting monsters is fun and (laughs) being a vampire slayer is cool. um, (laughs) And magic is super powerful, (laughs) you know, important things like that. But I think I would say that the big theme is that, Oftentimes, grief and loss will push us into a self-destructive pattern where we push away the people that we would otherwise need to help us heal.
1: At least that's a danger of it. Yeah. Well, that,
0: I mean, that is what Dracula does.
1: Yeah. And Alucard kind of does at the end, too.
0: Yeah. So what do we think? Is that pretty Yeah. appropriate and for I the season? I think
1: like a... a- Another way you could spin that. I think that's definitely there. That's the theme. Another theme you could say that kind of is in tandem with that is grief and loss are easier to cope with when you have friends and people who love you.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't see as much of that like in the end. But yeah, I think that that is kind it's, of what is being hinted at or
1: we see that as part tones. of the journey. Yeah. And we definitely get to see it more with Trevor yeah. and Sypha.
0: Because Trevor has more of an arc. Yeah. I mean, Alucard has an arc. Sypha, but not so much. Through getting bit. to know
1: Sypha and Alucard, he comes out of his shell. He actually starts caring about other people, about causes, and not just bumbling through life. Yeah. Uh, and he actually wants to have a relation- meaningful relationship. With yeah.
2: yeah, it's true. It feels like for Alucard, his arc is coming to an end, while Trevor's and Cypha's are just beginning. Yes, yes I, I agree.
0: For sure. But of course, there's more seasons that we may talk about in the future.
1: Oh, we definitely will.
0: But it won't be in the near future.
1: Because the next show we're going to be covering is...
0: Well, we're going to do a month of movies.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but the next time we do satire TV...
0: That's right. We will be talking about The Rings of Power. Everyone's favorite show, I'm told. Wait, no, not so much. <laughs> but we'll see what we have to say about it. But- it
1: can't be worse than the beginning of The Wheel of Time.
0: Or the end of Warrior Nun.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyways, why don't we head into our final thoughts for this season of Castlevania? All right, guys, so um, we have talked a lot about Castlevania Season 2. What are your final thoughts on this masterpiece? Am I loading this one up too much? No. Castlevania Season 2
2: is probably one of the best seasons of a TV show I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just freaking masterfully made.
1: It's focused on the characters and their arcs
0: yeah yeah i really didn't know what to expect from a castlevania tv show when it was first announced and of course i waited for years because this is again based on my favorite series of video games the fact that they really lean into the characters and like the action is good the action is fun and it is evocative but it is not the focus and i think that is a great strength for the show
1: yeah the action definitely stands out because it isn't the focus so uh, it's sparsely used, so when it does come up, it's very uh, meaningful. Meaningful, and I—I uh, I almost said overwhelming, but in the best way.
0: Nice.
2: <laughs> it's like highly whelming. <laughs> yeah. 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 Perfect
0: whelming. <laughs> yeah. Ooh.
2: <laughs> That's right. It is so cool. What the assault on the castle is such an iconic scene the way we see trevor like and we've talked about it off the show the way trevor fights with the whip is like a dance
1: yeah the
2: way he like will so put cool. his arm or leg in the way of the swinging whip to adjust mid swing the course of the of the mace head basically flail head is awesome and the way he like wraps it around himself and wraps it around structures is so It's really elegant and kind of beautiful to look at.
0: Also, it's really nice that the whip is exactly the length he needs it to be whenever he's using it. Yeah. It's consecrated. Yeah. And uh, God works in mysterious ways.
1: You're making me want to point out that this all kind of goes back to how good the animation is. Yeah. It's so well done and so well executed that, yeah, the movements are fluid and the action sequences... Like you're saying, Jack, they are like a dance and they are these amazing spectacles to behold. And I always felt like I clearly understood what was happening in the action sequence.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Saifa with her magic, it's really easy for series to be like, they have magic, just have them do whatever they want, as long as it looks cool. Yeah. And they lose a fight if we write them to lose the fight. And they win the fight if we write it. And Saifa has a more defined set of attacks she uses. Yeah. Fire, ice, pretty much those two.
0: Yeah. In the game, she could use lightning. I don't think that really comes up. And definitely not up to this point.
2: No. Not yet. Eventually it does, yeah. but not right now. She's an elementalist. We see her use fire in creative ways in this fight we see her use ice in creative ways in this fight like we said that like blade ice guillotine yeah uh the nut cutter exactly she has like icicle spikes that she's shooting out from herself And there's just a freaking hilarious scene where she sprints up to a vampire who's been knocked to his knees and she just puts her hand on his head and just explodes (laughs) him with fire. It's like, we know you didn't have to touch him to do that. You could have done that from where you started.
1: She was just really feeling the moment.
2: It also is so funny because she looks so, like, frantic like anxious in the moment she's like ah, ah, and just runs right up to him and touches him really quickly and he just explodes <laughs> it's like jesus right yeah. uh, but anyway enough about that fight the show is masterfully done everything is intentional
1: yeah so she has other capabilities like she was able to telepathically manipulate The device that's in the castle. Yeah. I
0: think she was using some type of, maybe it was telepathy. I thought it was just some kind of like weird arcana.
1: Yeah. Mm. But it partly used an ability like that.
0: Well, she had to like learn and craft a spell.
1: It's true. So she has a capability to use non elemental types of magic, but those are what she knows the best. So it makes sense that in a fight, that's what she would fall back on. Yeah. When you need to meet, be making quick decisions almost it needs to be almost instinctual
2: yeah yeah she says magic is just intent yeah so yeah but the series as a whole the characters are so strong voice acting is great voice yeah. acting is great
0: fantastic cast
2: yeah you really feel like you understand the intentions of the characters nothing feels like it breaks a character's character <laughs>
1: The way they're portrayed, like you-
0: People are consistent.
1: Yeah, in all the ways you guys are talking about with the voice acting and the dialogue and the interpersonal relationships between all of them, you really get a sense that they're fully fleshed out people. Yeah. They're really well done.
2: So I couldn't recommend this series enough as long as you're okay with gore.
0: Yep. I would agree. This yeah. is this is a kind of a must watch for anybody who has the stomach for a little bit of brutality.
1: Incredible violence. But if you love
2: interfamilial violence as well,
0: sure. Right. There's some traumatic stuff, yeah. But it's an outstanding story. It is really well told. It is really well executed and it is a wonderful exploration of character development. Yeah.
2: Also, trigger warning, because Godbrand is in the series. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fucking Godbrand. Yeah. All right, well, that'll pretty much do it for us here at Swords & Satire. As always, we'd like to thank you for joining us this week. If you enjoyed the show, you might want to consider following us on social media, at Swords & Satire, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, if social media still exists in the timeline that you're in. If you do that, you can keep up with our memes, know what we're up to, and it's a great way to reach out to us and let us know what you think about the show.
1: And next week, we're going to be talking about a movie that our patrons have voted on, so tune in to find out what that is.
0: Cass, what movies are on the poll?
1: Well, shoot, you think I remember that kind of thing off the top of my head?
0: Kind of. What's our theme?
1: Well, it has to (laughs) do with our anniversary this month three years running which is pretty awesome
0: goodness so we practically ancient in podcast terms we
1: like to (laughs) go back to our ancient classic fantasy roots that's right and do something from the conan verse because conan's kind of our mascot uh (laughs) in a way well
0: said i think crom is kind of our mascot but
1: we hail crom yeah but it's because we love conan. True. Um so
0: Crom does not care about us.
1: No. He's never once listened to us ever. <laughs>
0: so uh I don't do podcasts.
1: Yeah, so we have a poll <laughs> of uh different classic fantasy movies some of which we haven't even seen ourselves so
2: And to celebrate our roots and our anniversary, we're going to have the same audio quality as our first
0: episode. Oh, Oh God.
1: (laughs) I think you're right, because we forgot to turn the fan off. No, Uh, it's too hot.
0: We live in a fire biome here in California. We live
2: in a hyperborea, and that means it's pretty toasty. But if you still want to support the podcast, despite living in a dry, warm environment, But you don't have those few extra coins to visit our Patreon. What's the best way you can support the show aside from that? Tell us. You could tell your friends and family about the show. Oh, yeah. That's right. That sounds cheap. Yeah, you could watch what we watch and enjoy the episodes together. Because what's a better way to
0: enjoy your favorite media than with your favorite people? Uh, By paying for your favorite media through Patreon.
1: And supporting (laughs) artists. Oh, but
0: yours is good, too.
2: And you can listen to our Patreon content with your family and friends. True.
1: Oh, boy. But
2: get them to sign up, too. Yes. Also that. <laughs> you can all play your recording at the same time. Nice. Sync up your cycles.
0: Patreon.com slash Swords and Satire, everyone. Well, we've already mentioned him, but until next time, Hail Crom! That's a real crom.